Welcome back. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson. Uh, Matt, I mentioned that uh, Joe Schobert uh, will be on the field today for the Steelers, mm-hmm. and, and uh, uh, you know they'll they'll start incorporating him into the system. Um, brings up the the, the idea, and, and Mike Tallman was asked about this yesterday, and he really he answered, but he didn't answer. He kind of gave okay. a smile. Yeah, you know, does this give you the opportunity to to play more nickel? Uh, yeah, yeah, is he now in the running for as a dime linebacker spot? How's that all going to play out? Um, the Steelers last season played their base three four defense thirty one point three percent of the time. Now, I'd love to know the breakdown on that. We just have the season totals. We don't have the pre bush, post bush. Yes, because I think it's night and day. I, I think would, you start yes, searching so. yeah. post bush. Because I've done a lot of research on this and and around the league as well, and over the last couple of years, so there's a, a just just preface it with the Steelers. There's a little bit of an anomaly with them in that I think a lot of it's post Bush versus pre Bush, of right. course, and it depends what you call Marcus Allen, which is going to get when we start talking right. dime versus other. Because I'm not sure what list you're looking at, but I put a spreadsheet together. I'm you looking know. at your spreadsheet. Okay, you found the spreadsheet. Yeah. Good. Because it's your were, list, actually. It is. So, <laughs> in that one, they called Marcus Allen a defensive back. I think, which he was he a linebacker, defensive last back year. number, yeah. because the Patriots and the Steelers were the highest t- percentage in the league of other. Yeah. And what that meant is either goal line, which everyone plays the same amount of, basically, or seven defensive backs. So. It really goes to an extreme that they were a high, high percentage of seven defensive backs, but I'm almost positive they counted Marcus Allen as one of them because I went back and I looked at Steelers' snap counts. He played over 200 snaps, so yeah. he had to figure in somewhere. But he was a linebacker. But he's really a linebacker, yeah. but he wore a defensive back number and came in the league as a strong safety, so whoever put that together probably thought he's a strong safety. So yeah. the lines can be a little blurry. This, anyway. again, goes back to kind of what we talked about but you get the idea. With Marcus the, Allen's on the field. With the PFF <laughs> you know, stuff right. or yeah. whoever's looking at the team, do yeah. they really know what the personnel is? Do they know, hey, Marcus Allen. It can be Allen, a little foggy. You know, Marcus right. Allen's now a linebacker, really not a, a safety. Right. You know, that kind of stuff. And some of the lines are blurrier, too. Yeah. Like, some of these players, I can't come up with a great example. Well, for example, like, like when, the, when, the Steelers, when the Steelers play their dime, they consider Cam Sutton a linebacker. Right. But he's a defensive back. He's for playing. This he's pl- yeah. He's playing the old Troy Polamalu dime linebacker spot. Right. But he's really a defensive back. Right. You know what I mean. Yeah. So he would count towards a heavy defensive back setting. I mean, it's it's like we talk about with Ebron. Like, is it really twelve personnel if it's Ebron, Fire, Muth, right. two receivers? Because he's not he's blocking really anybody. Rece- yeah. He's yeah. still a receiver. So the, the, it used to be a lot cut more cut and dry. But the, these are very useful. So the, the Steelers played thirty one point three percent base. That's their 3-4, Tyson Alalu on the yeah. field, traditional LeBeau, 3-4, five-man front, two backers. Um, the league average was 24%. Which might shock people. I yeah. mean, base four, three teams, like the Steelers just played the Eagles. The Eagles were like at the top of the league with a base four-man front with two defensive ends, two defensive tackles like we all grew up knowing. It doesn't happen much anymore. So like a quarter of the plays in the league are a base front. The league, on average, played nickel 58.9% of the time. So basically okay. 59% of the time. Like mm-hmm. So essentially six out of every ten snaps defensive are, snaps were in nickel. Yes. The Steelers last backs. year were at 39.7%. Yes. That's the problem, which we'll get to. Yeah. 
They were in dime 17.3% of the time. The league average was 139 Okay. And then that other and then that other that was, other category was eleven point seven percent. The league average was three point two. Which even with the Marcus Allen factor, I think that they were still sort of heavy. Again, we're talking about seven percent. We're we're still pretty heavy in other because they played a lot of four corner situations more than most teams did. So yeah. that that's sort of interesting as well. Well, they also played. And they also played the Browns twice and the Ravens twice. With they also played some things offenses. where they would take. Um, I'm trying to think of who who they would take off. The, they, like the games where they would keep Highsmith on the field as the third outside linebacker. Yeah, right, I, right, I believe right. They, they put him out there in, in, in favor of the, instead of the nickel or okay. the slide cornerback. Probably post-Bush, though. No, this it was against the Ravens, so that hmm. was the week before they played the— See, I mentioned that the Steelers play the Ravens and Browns twice, which I think is noteworthy. Or if you played the Patriots twice— you're probably going to be a little heavier. Run heavy, yeah. They never bring you know four receivers yeah. on the on the field. I mean, four of the Steelers' sixteen games are against run heavy division opponents, and I know Steelers included. As to your Highsmith point, people are searching for what personnel to play against the Ravens right now, so they'll throw some unorthodox groupings out there, which skews things a little. But you still get the point. Like, do you have the whole league right there? Yeah. Pull up Buffaloes real quick, because I've been referencing them. They're the week one opponent. I'm almost positive they led the league in nickel. 90.8%. 98%. Yeah. And no matter what you do, I mean, if they're playing the Ravens against 22 personnel, they're in nickel. If so you're, you're playing you know, four if you're, receivers. If you're looking at, hey, what's Najee Harris going to do in week one? He's going to see nickel. He's going to see nickel. He's going to run against nickel. They're going to run. Right. And that's what the Bills want you to do. You know, I mean, that sounds counterintuitive, but they're a very analytically driven team. They want you to run the football more because passing's more efficient. But more than anything, which brings us back to the Bush Shover conversation, they don't want to be subbing guys. You know, yeah. if you're, they're, they're both their safeties are very similar. They're very versatile. They're both their linebackers. It's Milano and Edmonds. And even when Milano was hurt last year, they still stayed in nickel a ton. They rotate their defensive front. They don't have they don't have pass rushers like the Steelers. They don't want you know they don't have right. Hayward and Watt that they won't come off the field. So that's the way they're built, and that's why they use the ninth pick overall on Edmonds. But like here's the Steelers and Bush. Here's the thing that you know, and everybody looks at the playoff game. Mm-hmm. What the Browns did, the Browns would come out in heavy personnel. Mm-hmm. The Steelers would counter that with their base three four, correct. And then the Browns would take their. They would come out in like twenty two or even three tight ends on the field. Yeah, I say they play three tight ends more than anyone in the yeah. league too. And so you're gonna you're gonna come out with a heavy defense against that. Well, right. They're going to run the football here. They got Nick Chubb in the backfield, or they got Kareem Hunt in the backfield. That's in why that these situation. personal groupings are so important. That's, I mean, step one of the offense coordinator is, if I put, that's why people script plays. If I put 13 personnel, what guys What are, are they, they countering with? What are they countering with? Yeah. We thought it would be this, but wow, they're going to play nickel against that. Okay. Maybe we'll run a little more, you yeah. know. Or we're going to split out Najoku more because they're, they are in their base 3-4. There's no great answers. Right. But when you have linebackers that can do everything, it makes the answers more powerful. It makes it easier. Because now, if the Browns do that, you can leave your nickel on the field. Yes. You've got your four four guys up front. They're going to they're gonna and they're present an issue. And they're very good. Yeah. Right. They're going to present an issue for any offensive line, even Cleveland's. Yep. You've got two linebackers now that can run and cover. And can play the run. And can play the run. Right. And you get and one of them's not Marcus Allen or yeah. Um, Assuming Antoine Brooks Burnett. wins your your starting nickel job, mm-hmm. now you've got a you know a five foot eleven two hundred pound nickel. 
Right, right. I mean, that's the that can play the run advantage of having a nickel that's has some size to him. The, yeah, so you can do that now. You, you and don't Edmonds have can come. To the, I mean, Edmonds doesn't have to. And be when deep. they and when they take the Cooper or Njoku or whoever it is and split him out wide, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden now you got a, a wide receiver in the slot. Okay, so Devin Bush can can run with. Jarvis Landry, right? You know, I mean, he's at he a disadvantage. You but wouldn't it's want not. him doing it for four seconds, right? But I mean, he can he can do it for two seconds, and he's gonna do better than Bostick or Vince Williams. Yeah, right. or he's not going to be immediately or, open, right? Or yeah, if he does make a catch, it's going to be a four yard catch. He's going to tackle the yeah. catch, and right. So again, four yard gains aren't. That's the, not going to beat you. People don't care about that. Yeah, you know what I mean. I mean, it's the one. It's, get it's him the third. Down. It's the play everybody points to. Okay, the Steelers get within a score. In the second half of that game, mm-hmm. Mike Tomlin punts uh, on fourth and short from just outside his own four or outside the Cleveland forty, thinking, "Okay, I'm going to put my defense back on the field. We're going to pin them down inside the ten, mm-hmm. which they did." You get into a third down situation. The Browns run that four, that package out onto the field in third and short, and Spillane gets matched up on Jarvis Landry. He has to play somebody. He's got to play somebody. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> right, right. they split the tight end and the running backs out wide. Well. Yep. You know, okay, we're you're in zone here, so he's getting that guy, and it turns it, a four yard completion turns into a nineteen or whatever twenty six yard completion because he runs away from Spillane. It's just modern day football. Yeah, right. And everybody says what a genius Kevin Stefanski is. That's what everybody does. That's what everybody does. The other thing about that, the Browns had just played the Steelers. You talked about scripting the plays. Sure. They knew what personnel groupings they were going to They knew what they were going to see. And all division teams do anyway yeah. by then. But you play in that week, you know, you know, whatever injuries didn't change things. There's not much ambiguity of it all. You right. know what's going to happen. Okay, right. so when we do this, so you spent the whole previous. The has a huge advantage in this yeah. league, folks. There's, you know, there's right. no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And, yeah. they, and they're not calling holding. And, and, and they called more pass interference penalties last year. Yeah. And you don't have crowd noise helping you. Yeah. Things like that, too. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of problems. <laughs> Um, and again, they're really hard on defensive backs that get clingy, and they aren't with you know linemen blocking. And uh, damn, what was this? You have an extensive background in basketball. I mean, it's kind of similar to that. I mean, we can do enough with pick and rolls on the football field, right? Where I can get a big guy and a little guy, or vice versa, or get you look some for power that mismatch. Forward. And if well, right. if, you know, if. if if I get my my center matched up on their point guard on a on a pick and roll, well, we're going to score. Right. If I get, gonna, you know, you just try to limit the damage. If I, I mean, get okay, my, we only if, gave up a first down there. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna pump it inside to him. If I get my 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 point guards matched up on their center, well, he's going to take him off the dribble. Mm-hmm. You know, or you but know, these I, every down. I don't have know enough about basketball, but these every down linebackers are kind of like. They're your small, for- small they're your, forwards that can do everything. Your, your combo guard slash forward. He's the right. 6'5 guy that can guard anybody on the floor. He doesn't get embarrassed by Iverson or <laughs> yeah. Shaq. You, know, but you don't want him go- doing that the whole game. Time. No, no, no. You want him guarding the small forward. But if you get a, you get stuck on a switch. He doesn't embarrass he, himself. He, he's going to make it. They're, they're not going to automatically score on right. this. Right. Yeah. Just drive right by him or dunk on his face. You know, right. <laughs> and that's really all you're trying to do. You know, and yeah. again, it's not like offense is easy, but. If you can get teams to third down and you make them convert a lot and you tackle the catch and make them drive the field, it's tough. Uh, yeah. I mean, they, 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 there's a lot of An incompletion, a holding penalty, a sack. Right. That's why the holding penalty thing was really huge. changed off. It was huge. Right. Just, you saw it in the last Philly. preseason right. game. Yeah. The Steelers are dry, They're moving the football. We'd be talking about on, how great Mason Rudolph is. On, on both of their first two drives. They're moving the football. They get two yep. holding penalties. Yeah, you exactly. Know. Back to your very, very original point, though. Bush and Schobert. We didn't exactly say this, but I think that will allow the Steelers, not to the Bills' degree, 
but to live in nickel. Yeah. You know, it doesn't mean – I mean, if they don't have three receivers, Brooks won't be out there. Maybe Alu-Alu will. But I think you're going to see two true linebackers on the field – a very high percentage of snap. I Bush mean, played 100% of the snaps before his injury. And I was about to say, Schobert played 1,100 snaps for Jacksonville last yeah, year. Yeah, these you are know? both guys who they are used to being on over the field. Over 90%. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and that's, I think, the plan. I think that's what they've been searching for. It's really hard to find two. They, they trade up to get one. Yeah, everybody talks about now Tampa's, you know, with, with Levante oh, David and David, Devin right. White. Same thing. That's the that's the, the blueprint. Yeah. Well, the Steelers just got... Their Maybe, version. Yeah, yeah right. their version. I'd rather have the Bucks guys. Right. But, I mean, the Bills are the same way. Milano's a really good coverage linebacker, people don't realize. And Edmonds is the freak that, I mean, he's six inches taller than Bush, but he's <laughs> the, the special prospect, you know, right. run and hit or do everything type guy. Really, the, how I remember it is the Niners, when they had Willis and Bowman, yeah. were the first ones yeah. that really did that. And then Seattle did it with uh, KJ Wright. The Steelers Wright kind of had that with Kirkland and Brown. I Chad, guess. Chad Brown and, and LeVon Kirkland were both. But that was much more. That wasn't a nickel, though. Was it? No. Well. I mean, they still had their, their five-man front. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, well, that, that was so long ago. They were, they were, yeah, they didn't, back then. But they wasn't had, 70% nickel. You had two, two athletic. Uh, right. LeVon Kirkland was a freak. He was a freak. Like, he'd be an every down linebacker now. Yeah. You know, even though he's. 280 he was, he was pounds. 70. Yeah, funny, uh-huh. you know, right. Yeah, he was a thumper, mm-hmm. but he could cover. But he could cover. You know, yeah, that, that's I mean, what having you two wanted. of them's rare. Yeah, you know, that, that's what I mean. Like Willis and Bowman, they never left the field. Wagner and uh, and KJ Wright never left the field. So it allows you to have an extra defensive back on the field, even when you don't think you need it. You know, right. I mean, that, it's pretty important. Um, you know, Keekley was always like that with Thomas Davis. Yeah, you know, those guys and there are... aren't many teams. I mean, there were only two teams in the league last year, I believe San Francisco and Baltimore, who ran the ball more than they threw it. Yeah. Or at least were close 50-50. I think New England was close, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, New England was, was close, probably, too. Right. Probably won't be this year as no. close. I think all all three of those teams will probably raise their passing percentage slightly. Yeah, the league average is around 60%. Mm-hmm. You know, 60-40 past the run, so... And you also have to look at it in game script. I mean, if the Ravens are up 20 in the fourth quarter, they're going to run it every they're time. Run, 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 right. yeah. So, yeah, it makes them more dynamic and make gives them the opportunity to just play nickel mm-hmm. a heck of a lot more than what they did last year when that was uh, 39.7% of the time, which was one of the lowest totals in the league. Very low, right. Yeah. And it just makes you too predictable. You're either too heavy or too light. And last note, though, this division is a challenge because – if we pulled up offensive personnel, no team in the league ran three receiver sets more than the Bengals. The, right. They they would lived in eleven, where the other two teams, as we mentioned, are the total opposite. Well, and that's so, why I think Melvin Ingram comes into play. In that's that a too. good point too. Yeah. Right, I mean, you got you can use him. And they're more worried about the Browns and Ravens than they are. You want to play that three outside linebacker package? Yeah, yeah. Melvin Ingram's your guy. I think you're gonna see that against Baltimore, like you Absolutely. said too. Right. Yeah. yeah. Nose tackles are great, but they can't catch Lamar. No, even with the angle. No, that was know. that's what I told people last year when they were lamenting the loss of Javon Hargrave. I'm right. like, He's, how are they going to stop the Ravens? The Ravens are league league uh, rushing leaders. I'm like, your nose tackle isn't really helping you a lot there. <laughs> the defenses that <laughs> stop them are with a lot of speed and speed yeah. and a lot of you know the Derwin James types out there right. on the field. You right. Know? Yeah. He but is Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lally. You're listening to the Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. We're going to do the fantasy football focus early today because we've okay. got Bob Labriola coming up in the last segment. We'll do that right after this. You're listening to the official voice of Black and Gold Nation. Beloved Black and Gold. SNR.
Welcome back. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson, and it is time for the Fantasy Football Focus. As we talked about earlier in the show, Matt, we have, we've got a, a full week of uh, preseason games. Yeah. Here. So we've got some injury news and notes here. Let's uh, roll oh, through okay. some of these. Um, Adam Schefter reporting that uh, Dak Prescott's shoulder injury is healing well. Good. I, th- I think if you're looking at him uh, from a fantasy standpoint, um, Feel I don't safe. think I'd hesitate yet. I wouldn't hesitate to draft him yet, yeah. No, I mean, the news last week, I think the blurb that came from the Cowboys was Dak's having another MRI in right. his shoulder, but don't worry, or yeah, something. This was like, the second MRI. It shows, yeah. okay, he's healing fine. Yeah, yeah. And, and I don't know if you've watched Hard Knocks. There's only been one episode, but it, it, it really stresses how much Dak wants to get on the field. Yeah. And I wonder if he told them, can I get another MRI so I can prove you guys I'm fine? I, yeah. I want to be out there. I mean, that was just my hunch. Well, that's on one. It. You know, if you're if you're sh- proving through getting another MRI. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if he's going to open MRI or closed MRI, but MRIs are not fun. Uh, yeah. I mean, they <laughs> said that blurb was he's getting another MRI, but don't worry. Like, well, I'm just kind of worried. I had an MRI on my shoulder before I I had the surgery on it, and that was like maybe the worst 20 minutes of my. Oh, really? Oh, it was just because you have to be. Totally still and uncomfortable. Yeah, be for... completely still. You're. I was in a closed MRI, so I'm mm. back in the tube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's banging and banging and banging. <laughs> it was just, you know, after a while, it just gets uncomfortable in there. Like, like, I don't want to be in here anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. Let's, you know, I'm sure get there's out some here? claustrophobic to it as well. Uh, Drew Locke, as you mentioned, uh, five of seven for 151 and two touchdowns. He started. Yeah, I guess they tore up the bike. He's going to go down the field. That's He's what gonna go down he the field. is. Yeah. Here's what's interesting to me, though. Uh, they have a very easy first three games of the season. Like, they should probably be 3-0. and And I'm not a Bridgewater fan at all, but they have a good defense. They have good weapons. Munch is coaching up that O-line. It'd be great to put Locke out there and say, go soar, young man. Yeah. But how much do they believe in him? But That's how, the... I think Bridgewater gives them a better chance to win tight, close-scoring you know, win the turnover battle games. Yeah. Bridgewater was 7 of 8 for 74 yards and a touchdown. That's who he is? That's who he is. Yeah. I mentioned to you off the air, the reports are very strong. Bridgewater favors Judy. Locke favors Sutton, which is a big fantasy note. But in general, who do we want to – I mean, I'm not going to draft either quarterback, but for the, the, the betterment of Javante and Gordon and Fant and those other two, do we want Locke? I think so. More aggressive. He had uh, he had More an 80-yard touchdown pass to KJ Hamler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I mean, they've they, got they, weapons. They've got dudes, Patrick, yeah. and you know, they got guys. I mean, even Albert O is. You'd the much rather have the guy like you saw it last year with Bridgewater and DJ Moore. Right. He would just ignore him for an entire game, and then when they get down to the two-minute drill at the end of the game, hey, we're down seven points here, and then then he would start you know whatever, four right. straight passes to DJ Moore and make it look like he would you know yeah you know targeting him a lot. He just wouldn't do it. I just think you want Unless more aggressive quarterbacks in general. Yeah. You're not drafting the quarterback. You don't care if he throws picks. You know, maybe it hurts Denver's defense because he gives up a pick six or something here and there. But I think you want the downfield guy, which is Locke. Don't you think it's easier, though, to go from Locke to Bridgewater than Bridgewater to Locke? Like, if you start with Locke and sink and swim with them, they may go back and forth all year. They could. You, you know what I mean? Which, which is not a good frustrating situation. Frustrating for them. The, the bottom line is. I'm avoiding drafting Broncos I unless I have to, unless I'm, the value is just too great. See, I'm so enamored with Judy, but there's too – I mean, I'm not positive he's number one on his team. You right. know? Like, I don't like his situation, let alone his quarterback. Like, I'm fine if I'm taking him as my number three. Yeah, yeah. 
but I don't want him as my number two. No, I don't know that he can reach his potential. You know, it's outside of his hands, which is yeah. You know, we saw well, it is for year. all receivers, really. It is, yeah, but more so. Um, Javante Williams in that game had five carries for twenty nine yards. Yeah, and uh, Melvin Gordon was inactive. What if that's he, a true fifty fifty split? For fantasy, I think everybody's kind of sleeping on Gordon a little bit. Like Javante Williams is going like value. three rounds earlier than than Melvin Gordon, and you could have this, basically the same guy. Yeah, right, right, right. You know, that, so the guy I was listening to Cecil Lamb, he, was, he does what you do with the Broncos. Was he's the one that said that the Sutton uh, Judy combination with the quarterbacks? He also said, I think Gordon and Williams will both rush for a thousand yards. Which isn't as hard as it used to be. Seventeen games. You get seventeen games. We, we, it's like, yards it's like fifty-eight yards a game. Right, and they're going to run the ball like crazy. They'll yeah. be in every game. I bet they're both. And there'll be a games. Yards. And maybe Javante Williams misses a game, and so well, Gordon gets everything, and he gets right. you know one hundred twenty yards. And maybe kind of Gordon stuff. gets seventy percent of the touches in week one, and then that dwindles as you go. Yeah, Gordon's not bad, and he's not getting. He's traded. not going away. Booker's the one getting traded. Yeah, yeah. If, or, get, or getting or dumped. getting cut. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he won't be in the equation probably. Um. Nick Sirianni said that uh, Devonta Smith is uh, two to three weeks away. Still, uh, well, this was in early August, so he's probably still oh, okay. another probably opening day, another week or two. You might see him probably not in next week's preseason game, but I would imagine he has to play in that last one. I would think a little as a yeah, first round a rookie, rookie that you're counting on at a weak position. I mean, I know him and Jalen Hurts played together at Bama four years ago, but that's not exactly familiarity, not, yeah. right? No, I would think you'd want him out there for the last one. Um, He'd be a tough guy to draft if not. Yeah, I mean, he, he's I know, gonna get picked in every fantasy draft. Especially dynasty stuff. Like yeah, you're looking yeah. at this going, okay, he's he, yeah, you know, I would say I mean all tiebreakers would not go into Boston. Take somebody's healthy. Yeah. Right, right. Uh Justin Fields we mentioned, uh, fourteen of twenty for one forty two and a touchdown. He rushed for thirty three yards and a touchdown. This is I mean he's gonna put up fantasy. Sooner or later, I like I would draft him. I mean, you'd also obviously. What I would do, take your take your star quarterback early. Mm-hmm. Take him as the burden hand later in the draft because he's not going to be a start day one starter. Probably not. But I don't know how long they can keep him off the field. That's exactly the point. Like yeah. with him and Lance both, um, I'm taking a high end starter and then drafting those guys later. I may even take you're a gonna play Brady your sec- or a Tannehill and have those guys. It'd be stronger elsewhere. Potentially, but you then, know? you know, if it goes to week for, you know, the, the Bears don't have their buy until week 10. If it goes to week 10, you lost. You screw, you got screwed. You, yeah, you, you, you just ate up a roster spot. But if you take, let's say you take, a, you know, not Mahomes, but let's say you Wilson get, or let's say, yeah, Wilson or one of those Herbert. other. Right, right, right. Tier one ish, two ish okay. guys. Dak, we talked yeah. about. Who's gonna be, you're gonna be fine starting all season long. Mm-hmm. But then these guys come in, let's say they come in in week six. And you're four and one or five and yeah. you know, five and one, whatever your record is, four and two. Two starting quarterbacks are hurt around the league. Yeah. These are big tradable come like this. They go out budget. and he, he does, you know, 14 to 20 for 142 yards and a touchdown and rushes 30, you know, for 33 yards. Or you trade touchdown. your starter and you roll with him. Right. You, you know trade the mean? name value. You trade the name guy and live with You could get or... something big. You know, you got you got a mm-hmm. guy like Wilson or you got Aaron Rodgers or someone like that. There'll be a market for those guys. I think Jalen Hurts, I mean, it was only three or four games, averaged like the eighth most fantasy points per game. Right. I think both these guys are better, are better. than him. Are yeah. Better. I think they're yeah. better passers, better situation. And at least equal runners. So if all of a sudden you've got two top five guys. Right, right, right. Now you got people knocking on your door. Hey, you got two good guys here. I need a quarterback. Yeah. See, I 
I like that strategy a ton, but I also would be, boy, if I can get Waller and my quarterbacks are Cousins, Fields, and Lance, and I didn't pay much for any well, of now them. Well, now you drafted two of them, though. So you, well, or Cousins yeah. and Fields or yeah. whatever, you know, something like that. Or I, I get that, but again, if, if, if it's nine weeks into the season. Oh, then you lost. It, you're, you're getting killed on your, right. your quarterback, but you're losing the quarterback position by 10 points every week. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know how the Bears will handle it. I mean, passing Jimmy should be harder than passing Dalton. You would think, and they're a better team. And they're a better team yeah. with more expectations. I think they're a smarter team. But it's hard to go to the Cam Haywards of the world and say – it reminds me See, of I Flacco think, and Lamar. I think Shanahan will use the Flacco-Lamar. I think he'll have a package for Lance. I think Lance will play every game. Yeah. Yeah. But it won't be enough to be a fantasy. No, no. It'll just be annoying. Taysom yeah. Hillish. It'll be Taysom Hillish, yeah. Right. And Except he won't have – like last year where Taysom Hill was listed as a, a tight end, which for God's so sakes. Right, which is, yeah. Screwed up the whole. That was world. a cheat code, right? Right, right, <laughs> exactly. But it's hard to go to Terrell Suggs and Marshall Yonda and say we're going to play Joe, yeah. Even though you guys see Lamar in practice every day and know he's better, yeah. What do you think of this? Malcolm Brown started the game for the Dolphins last yeah. night. Yeah, he's sneaky. Yeah, because Gaskin isn't much to overcome. No, he's really good in protection. Their O line stinks. He outsnapped Miles Gaskin sixteen to seven. Gaskins is going way, way too early, in my opinion. Yeah, I do too. We uh, all the all the the fantasy drafts that we've done, we've never drafted we've never Miles right. Gaskin. Right, and that's he's the going reason in that third tier of backs. Yeah. I mean, he's going in the top twenty four. I mean, he's a starter in most fantasy leagues in week one. I mean, he's a seventh round pick that was okay. I, I last actually year. don't like the fact that Malcolm Brown started this game because that's gonna that's gonna tell other people like if it, if this continues in the preseason, Gaskins ADP Gaskins will ADP is gonna fall, and and so yeah, people who actually know, like I want somebody to draft Miles Gaskin in round three. Oh yeah, I mean that's, that's I'm not gonna. He probably won't be on my. He team. won't be on my roster. Right. Malcolm Brown's interesting to me because he'd have been not a fantasy note, but I mean I know the Steelers signed Belage now. It's like it's fine. He would have been a great guy to be yeah. the placeholder type dude, reliable, better, you know, cheaper version of Jamal Williams, you know, that type of right. dude. You know, right. it'd probably be their goal line guy. The more I think about it, too. Yeah, is Gaskin gonna get the goal line carries? No, right? No, it'll be Brown. It'll like Brown, be Brown was annoying last year with the Chargers, or right. with the Rams, I should say. He'll be, a, and that was better people in front of him. Yeah, yeah. He'll be that same guy this He's year. He's a with, sneaky guy to take in the last round. Yeah, I, I. I Take him if you're looking at the, some of those mid round backs that mm-hmm. uh, you know the again the Jamal Williams the yeah, guys yeah, of that yeah. nature it, maybe not as high as Melvin Gordon but he's going to get carries but he's going to get carries and as we saw last year with them whoever there ended up being their lead back was their lead back yes yeah, I think we've seen that too no he's a sneaky guy to pick up you get some he, games you out get him for you, nothing you'll right get now. some games out of him where he's getting 25 carries yeah. 25 touches somehow well in a Gaskin injury away from really being something yeah. I don't think Ahmed's going to get in the way. No. I think he's definitely third. Yeah, I do too. Um, The Chargers are not expected to extend Mike Williams this year, according to Jeremy Mm -hmm. Fowler. Um, He's He's making a fortune right now. Yeah. One's fifth-year option. I just wonder, you know, does that make them less inclined to kind of feature him in the offense a little bit? I don't know. Is Herbert a guy that's just going to throw to the open guy? 
So Mike Williams has all the promise in the world, but he's never had more than 50 catches in a season. No, I know. I, and he's somebody I've targeted like crazy, but his ADP started to go up and people have caught on. You know, I, I targeted him like crazy in the offseason when everyone's down on him. However, Herbert completed over 100 passes to Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen missed two games <laughs> and pulled out of two games. Yeah. So he really only played 13 games and had over 1,000 yards. I mean, it's pretty clear who his dude is, and that's not going to change. A lot of the buzz about Mike Williams came when they hired Lombardi as their, as their coordinator, and Lombardi flat out said, Williams is our ex, and everyone said, well, Michael Thomas was his ex there, so he's yeah. going to catch a million bazillion balls. I don't know that that's apples I don't to think apples I, I don't Keenan know that Allen it is. in the mix. Yeah, I don't know that it is. I, I think right. you I think you're once again looking at a guy, Mike Williams, who is touchdown dependent. Yeah, and there's a lot of ability there. I like him, um, but I'm not sure there's anyone in the league that values his body less, too. I mean, like, yeah. he falls awkward and lands on his head and runs in the goalpost <laughs> at, at Clemson. And, like, he's had a lot of injuries because he just puts himself in harm's way a lot. guy that we've talked about in, in, as a later-round draft pick a couple of times is Rondell Moore. I watched a lot of him yesterday. He caught three of the four targets uh, thrown his way for 23 yards, which, okay, yeah. that doesn't sound great, but rushed two times for 16 yards. Yeah. He could be that kind of gadgety type. He my eyes a little because I was watching that game live. It's one of the few that I paid a lot of attention to because he has not been for me at all, including Dynasty, because he's 5'7". He's right. not 5'7 and a half. He's 5'7 five, five, seven seven. flat yeah. you know, on his tippy toes. And there just aren't many guys in the world that do that, that produce fantasy stats. But they featured him like crazy, and it's he's know, really twitchy, really twitchy, yeah. and you see all the jet motion, and I think he'll get a carrier to a game, which for a receiver is a big deal. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like a quarterback running. Um, and I know Hopkins will get a ton of targets, and AJ Green. Didn't I think play they'll find a way to get the ball in his hands. Yeah, five or six times a game, just because he's such a danger to yep. to take it to the to the house. One of my worries was everything was going to be behind the line of scrimmage, RPOs, those type of things. Yeah. But he ran more traditional routes than I expected. And I don't have a lot of Kingsbury faith, but I was just thinking about their offense going, the Cardinals might be undervalued across the board. Their lines come along. You know, they added Hudson and Humphreys and terrible now. Kyler was the number one quarterback before he got hurt. Yeah, Edmonds and Connor are good enough, right. you know, and uh, Christian Kirk was I don't quite want good. either one of them, but... No, I'm not going to yeah. pay what they cost. Again, I'll let somebody else draft those guys, and I'll take somebody else. Yeah, I think that offense could be something you can buy cheap on right now. Yeah, absolutely, but uh, definitely things to keep an eye on here. Uh, one other guy from the, the draft of this year who was, went high, and, and there was some expectation there, Dwayne Eskridge, uh, he's on the pup with a toe. Mm. Uh, he could be activated next week, so yeah, they're going to need him. I mean, he's probably their three. He's probably that's the three another there. offense I've been buying. Yeah, so keep an eye on that as well. But uh, that's going to do it for the fantasy All football right. focus. When we come back, we'll be speaking with uh, Bob Labriola, editor of Steelers Digest and Steelers dot com. Uh, right after this, he is Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lally. You're listening to the Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. Black and gold football lives here twenty four seven. You're listening to SNR. Welcome back. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson, and we're pleased to be joined at this time by uh, Bob Labriola, the esteemed oh, yeah. Bob Labriola, editor of Steelers Digest and Steelers.com. How you doing, Bob? I'll tell you.
tell you what, fellas, um, <laughs> one of the good things about us not being in Latrobe is if you would have tried to get me on the phone at 940 in the morning on a Sunday, <laughs> we were in Latrobe, uh, I might have just had you forward the call to the pier. Um, but we're not in Latrobe, so I'm here with bells on. Well, we just would have come down the hall and knocked on your door, probably. <laughs> Rattled your cage You still wouldn't have gotten or, up. But <laughs> I, would, I would, I would I'll tell you this, too, Dale. I don't know if you would have been uh, so bright-eyed, bushy-tilled uh, under those circumstances either. Highly unlikely. These 8 a.m. starts <laughs> have not been our, our I'll, I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm used to this now. I'm waking up every morning now at 6.30. Oh, sorry Which is that. just bad, bad for me. <laughs> yeah. Usually, Bob, if I'm up this early, I'm killing something. But yeah, something I don't want to hit with my car. Yes, I digress. Uh, Bob, uh, you had a piece on uh, Steelers.com about the uh, the trade uh, the Steelers made for Joe Schobert. How you know you, you always want to pick up the phone uh, for people who haven't read that yet. They, I, I was asked this a lot. Well, how does a trade like this happen? Explain to people how a trade like this happens. Well, you know, one of the things that, you know, is just a fact of life in the NFL uh, is that whenever um, a team goes to a new coach slash new regime, and especially if it's um, a first-time NFL head coach, uh, you, you always keep uh, – you always pay attention – to those those teams' roster moves and how they're utilizing personnel and a lot of that stuff because a lot of times those guys want to surround themselves with, you know, for lack of a better phrase, their guys. And so, you know, Jacksonville is in that situation with Urban Meyer. Now, Urban Meyer is not only a first-time NFL head coach, but he's a first-time NFL coach. Joe Schobert uh, was a, a huge signing, $53.5 million, um, of the previous regime. So, um, you know, he didn't, I don't know if he didn't fit or Urban Meyer decided he was too expensive or it wasn't worth the price, whatever, whatever it might be. I think they, they um, signed, they, they brought in a guy who had been with, uh, I'm trying to remember now. The t- Vikings dude, Wilson, I think. Wilson, yeah. And they already had Jack who played really well last yeah. year too. So I don't know if it, maybe their linebackers coach had a relationship with Wilson, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Schobert just didn't, he was the odd man out. Yeah, so I mean, um, you know, that's what happened. The phone rang, the Steelers answered. Um, you know, would you be interested in Joe Schobert? <laughs> As Mike Palmer <laughs> yeah. said yesterday, we didn't need a long time to decide. Yes, we uh, would, yes. Yeah, that sounds good, yeah. <laughs> uh, especially, you know, uh, we remember in the Eagles game, what did they, uh, I think the Eagles first, maybe. The- Five out of the first seven plays were passes to the tight ends, either Gobert or Zach Ertz. Um, and, you know, it's obvious that that is not a strength of, of the Steelers' defense and really hasn't been maybe since, you know, the height of Ryan Shazier's uh, time in Pittsburgh right before he was injured. But um, so, yeah, I mean, it was, a, you know, a, just something that you're trying to work, work out some of the details. Um, and it didn't take long, and um, you know, like I say, don't uh, don't necessarily let all those calls from an, uh, a, a strange area go, go to voicemail. You might miss out on something good, especially if you work for an NFL team. People might not realize this because when you hear like scouts, you, you think about oh, they they're at LSU, they're at Oklahoma area scouts, but those pro scouts are really important in a situation like this too. Because if you're Jacksonville and 
we're thinking about shopping Schobert. You go, to, you go grab all your pro scouts and say, give me the teams in your division or area that might be interested. Okay, here's a list of five, and the Steelers were on it. We'll get in touch with them. And then the opposite way, you know, the Steelers, as soon as they get that call from Jacksonville, whoever their Jacksonville pro scout is, What's your grade on Schobert? Or as we Kevin Colbert's you know, first right. first uh, call. Uh, hey, uh, Brandon Hunt. Uh, what, what's our what, you know what's our thoughts on this guy? Yeah, right. How did he right. play last year? Right, and and he's going to ask whoever's in charge of the Jags. You know, I mean, like so they have a there's somebody that's on top of every player in the league on both sides of this. That's why they can happen so quick. Well, and you know, all due respect to Brandon Hunt, but. Because Joe Schobert played four years for the Cleveland Browns, mm-hmm. I don't think that conversation went yeah. much farther than the head coach. Well, um, again, you you have to, and they did play the Jaguars last year. Instance. Yeah, but you, right. know, you, so, you is he the same guy we remember? Is he that guy? You know, yeah. we we, had, we didn't yeah. get to see him twice last year like mm-hmm. we, did, we usually do. So is he still that guy? Sure. Okay. Yeah. You're so right. that's an easy one. And I'm um, sure picking up Hayden from Cleveland wasn't hard either. Right. <laughs> you know? And then I don't know if you. Um, you know, I actually, sorry, I apologize for doing research. Um, but I looked <laughs> we don't up, do that around here. You know, what what I would call the Miles Garrett game, um, Schobert was 10 tackles, two picks uh, against the Steelers. I mean, he had a huge game uh, in that victory for Cleveland, uh, in Cleveland. And so, you know, again, you have that very fresh in your memory yeah, if you're on the, you know, the Steelers don't turn over their coaching staff very often or much. And so, you know, all of that stuff is, um, you know, imprinted in the memory of a lot of the people who are going to be involved uh, in the decision-making. So, you know, the Schobert thing, uh, I'm just going to keep going back to what Mike Tomlin said. It didn't take long. Yeah, there were, uh, there, Tomlin was probably, has probably cursed Joe Schobert a few times. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, it would, it, 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 and I'm sure that whoever uh, answered the call once the word got back to Kevin Colbert, um, you know, his answer was yes, we're interested, and tell them they don't need to call anyone else. Yeah, uh, right. because you don't want to, you don't want to get involved in any of that. You want to start driving the price up. And the sixth round pick? I mean, seriously? Um, you know, I know that that's a good deal. <laughs> Without question, Bob. I, in the last. Uh, essentially six weeks. The Steelers have now signed Trey Turner. They added Melvin Ingram and now Joe Schobert. The cost was a sixth-round draft pick, and I believe, according to my figures, $10.3 million against the salary cap. That's not that's not, I, a, that's not, not bad, bad business, right. Yeah, and I mean, you know, I, I, do, I don't know anything about this in, uh, specifically, as I mentioned in the story that I wrote, but, you know, I also don't believe that um, the Steelers are going to um, inherit or be burdened by the specific details of the Schobert contract uh, because, um, you know, Art Rooney II has said that uh, re-signing T.J. Watt is a priority uh, and that the team wants to get it done uh, by the deadline, which for the Steelers always is the start of the regular season. And just to put a date to it, this particular year, it's September 12th against Buffalo. So, you know, we're seeing a lot of things already about, um, from the uninformed national people, quote-unquote, uh, that this now will preclude any uh, extension with T.J. Watt, and he's going to become an unrestricted free agent. 
Uh, I'm not ready to go there. <laughs> yeah. It might not get done. It might not. You know, how those things right. work, they work. I'm pretty sure but, that he's um, not going to become an unrestricted free agent, though, either. Right. Well, um, but, um, you know, Art Rooney II doesn't talk to hear the sound of his voice. I mean, that's not something that, uh, that's not the way he operates. And so, and another thing is, this trade, um, the way the Steelers operate is, <laughs> uh, Art Rooney II isn't reading about it for the first time <laughs> on com. So um, th- there is a procedure involved, and uh, I'm sure that it was presented to him, and um, there were a lot more details presented to him than uh, we know at this point. And so that's why I kind of think that there's got to be something that's going to come out here soon that, you know, a lot of the um, – guarantees down the road and some of that other stuff you know jacksonville may be picking up some of that mm-hmm. or Schobert is doing a new deal or you know redoing his deal or converting some of those you know into signing bonuses or whatever it is so that the steelers still have enough cap space not only to do the tj watt thing but then you know go into the 2021 season with the um, cushion that uh, you know, Kevin Colbert likes to have for injured players. Yeah, and, and you know, I don't for, think that for, for people who are unaware, right. that's that he, he and he reiterated this at, at the uh, press conference he did a couple of weeks ago that they like to be have enough money to sign ten or make ten roster moves during the season. The difference now, however, is that that base salaries are now they're you're looking, higher. They're right. higher. Obviously, that goes down each week. Mm-hmm. You know, given this, but you got to have enough money on hand to be able to make ten moves. Probably not all six million ish between five and six. I would yeah. think he, he used to, he adjusted that to five million in in recent years. It used to be like three. Well, now you need five because the base salaries have gone up. But you're not going to use all that, and you can roll over anything that you bank, don't use yeah. uh, into next year's cap, which means you, you'll have even more room next year. Yeah, and um, so like I said, I, I just don't um, I just don't believe that this is a you know, a deal that "quote unquote" is going to bankrupt the Steelers. Cap. No, I, I don't believe so either, Bob. I, I keep seeing and I keep getting asked this: um, Are the Steelers going to sign Minka Fitzpatrick? A, no, not they don't have to. Why would they? Why would they extend him now when he's still relatively cheap? Right, and the other thing is, I mean, you have him. You have him, he's only going into his fourth year. Then you have the fifth year option that you can exercise, or you can do a deal then, which would be next year. Or you can, you know, hit him with the fifth year thing and then work it out uh, during that summer, which, you know, um, could lower the cap figure or not, or you know, who knows? I, I have no idea what the the fifth year option would be for a eleventh um, pick. It's it's not going to be that doesn't matter anymore with the new CBA. It's it's since he is a Pro Bowl player, he made he's made a Pro Bowl. I think it kicks in at like 11, mm-hmm. somewhere in that oh, range. Okay. But if you well, think he's a top I mean, five safety, you have the franchise still, tag the year yeah. after that, too. It's still a bargain. You know, like, it's still a bargain, oh, right. Yeah. But he's a top yeah, five safety. not going anywhere either. No, I mean, right. It's, it's just not. And, you you know, by then, um, certainly by the time Minka would get to uh, unrestricted free agency, I would surmise that, you know, Ben Roethlisberger will have retired. <laughs> Probably. Um, I would uh, guess you know, so, yes. So, um, yeah, I'm not, that's. That's not a uh, that's not a, an issue. I don't think the Steelers are even pondering right now because you know that's another um, Rooney business 
principle, to, for lack of a better phrase, you don't make decisions until you have to make them. Um, it's just the way they operate. Yeah, real quick here, Bob, uh, it's been a big topic. Uh, what are your thoughts on Mason Rudolph and Dwayne Haskins here in the preseason thus far? I'm, I'm, I'm of the belief that Mason Rudolph has done nothing to lose that number two job at this point. Haskins has played well, but Rudolph has not played poorly. No, I, I don't think so either, and I also do believe that um, in a situation like that, Mason Rudolph has to lose that job just as much as Dwayne Haskins has to win it. So, you know, you look at the, the two preseason games so far, you know, a drop pass in the Hall of Fame game on a third down, um, you know, certainly didn't help, uh, you know, maybe hit the, his his time on the Mason Rudolph's time on the field ends up looking a little bit different. And then, you know, against the Eagles, the two holding penalties uh, certainly didn't help uh, those possessions. And, you know, just based on watching the game, uh, the way Mike Tomlin was reacting, uh, especially to the Trey Turner holding call, I don't think he agreed with that one at all. (laughs) So, um, uh, you know, I, uh, so I don't even know if it was a good penalty call, let alone not Mason Rudolph's fault. So, uh, again, um, I think that Dwayne Haskins certainly has played well, and I think there is now no longer a debate uh, on whether this guy uh, deserves a spot on the 53-man roster. Uh, I think that, that that's over. Uh, I think he's on the, on the roster. I also believe, just as a maybe going on uh, left field here just one second, because of the potential practice squad uh, situations, you know, we have heard already that everyone is eligible for the practice squad. But if it goes back to some of the 2020 rules with the expanded numbers and uh, the loosened regulations in terms of moving a guy up and moving a guy off, uh, the practice squad and the roster back and forth, and the COVID stuff, you know, I wouldn't be surprised at all if the Steelers try to keep Josh Dobbs, too, on mm-hmm. the practice squad. Yeah, I, I think so um, as well. Yeah, there's room. So, right, there's room. So, um, you know, Dwayne Haskins, had, and that's another um, a, example of a team uh, pulling the plug on a high draft pick, uh, an expensive player on the coaching change. Ron Rivera's right. first year. Right. Uh, Dwayne Haskins, if if he if it wasn't a new coach and the coach was more involved in picking him 15th, you know, maybe they try and resurrect his. Uh, situation a little bit with the, you know, some of the uh, knucklehead stuff Dwayne Haskins was said to have done, but um, you know, uh, again, that Steelers capitalize on on that kind of situation. Yeah, it's a it's a free move, uh, Bob. We'd love to keep you here and talk forever. We'll do that again here some other time soon. Uh, but we got to let you go here today. We're wrapping up the uh, the drive here. He is Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lally. We want to thank Bob Labriola, editor of Steelers Digest and Steelers.com for joining us here on the show. We want to thank Brian LaMartina for keeping us on the air over the course of the show, and we want to thank you for listening to this edition of The Drive on Steelers Nation Radio.